Opinion Battlegrounds with Terence Fane Saunders, brought to you by Chelgate, International Strategic Issues Management Consultants. Welcome to Opinion Battlegrounds. I'm Terence Fane Saunders and I'm Executive Chairman of Chelgate, a strategic international public relations, public affairs and issues management company. Each two weeks, I get together with a couple of friends and colleagues to discuss the Opinion Battlegrounds, where... The war for your opinion is being waged. We look at the controversies, the debates, the arguments, and the campaigns, and we decide on the winners and the losers. We don't ever take sides. We just review the techniques and strategies used to win you round. Who succeeded? How and why? And, of course, we look at who blew it. Yes, we'll be pointing fingers at the gaffes, the failed arguments, the interview disasters. And from time to time, we'll be pointing out something worse. Dishonesty, lies, fake facts, the attempt to mould your opinion by trickery and deception. Most sides in any great debate suspect that of their opponents. Here, at Opinion Battlegrounds, we suspect everybody. And where we spot lies and misinformation, we'll make sure you hear all about it too. So, usually, I'm joined by a couple of friends as we trawl our way across the shattered remnants of opinion battlegrounds of the previous week. But today is different. This is a special edition of Opinion Battlegrounds, and I'm flying solo with just a cup of Yorkshire tea and Hector the dog for company. Because this is post-election morning. We have a result. Welcome to a brave new world. The world, according to... To Boris, and my God, wasn't that a grim, horrible, ugly campaign? It was like reading a bad thriller, really, wasn't it? You're reluctantly hooked. You're not enjoying it in the least. You just want to flick to the final pages, see who did it, and throw the whole wretched thing in the bin. Well, we've reached the end. We have a result. We know who did it. That brave new world now awaits. So let's look at the campaigns. Honestly, I hated the Tory campaign, but it was a love-hate relationship. God, I loved it too. So first, what was so horrible? It was empty. It was simplistic. It was almost devoid of content. Essentially, it was reduced to a single slogan. If you asked Boris Johnson the time of day, he'd reply, get Brexit done. Amazingly for Boris, a man Providence provided to us for our amusement, he was almost boring. In the debates, Jeremy Corbyn spoke passionately and with conviction. His responses actually sounded genuine and natural, founded on what seemed to me anyway, true convictions, poverty, the health service, schools. But Boris was on the tightest of tight leashes, wasn't he? Whatever you are asked, his mind has told him, whatever the question, you have just one answer. Remember this, Boris, the answer. Get Brexit done. Also, I can't remember the last time when I saw an election manifesto designed to be boring. But there it was, a collector's item. The most boring election manifesto ever produced by the Conservative Party. Bland, innocent of detail, designed to avoid the least controversy. 
Nothing to look at here. Move on, please. And for God's sake, keep him away from Andrew Neal. Keep him away from Piers Morgan. Keep him away from anyone with the interview skills or sheer brutal nastiness to penetrate past his Brexit flak jacket and get real answers out of him. Who knows what he might say? So all the other party leaders have agreed to be grilled by Julie Edgingham on ITV's Tonight Show. No, Boris, you're staying indoors. Sorry, Julie, Boris can't come out to play. He's getting Brexit done. But there was a nasty and dishonest streak in the Tory propaganda, too. I'm not saying Conservative Central Office were responsible for all of that, but in some cases, they certainly were. What little idiot thought it clever, just as the first leaders' head-to-head debate took place, to rename their press office Twitter account Fact Check UK. It was dishonest, tricky, designed to mislead. The kind of idea that a first-year university student might think clever. And then there was the Keir Starmer ad. Remember that? The Tories took an interview with Labour's Keir Starmer, then... They cut and edited it to make it look like he didn't know what he was saying. And then they turned it into an ad, a dishonest, sleazy ad. Perhaps the bright idea of the same little mastermind at Tory HQ. But these were stupid tricks because they were never, ever going to work. Of course they'd be found out, rumbled, exposed, and the Tories would look bad. Stupid. But sometimes the tricks from the Tory side slid over the border from dishonest to sheer nasty. Not necessarily the work of Conservative Central Office, but springing up out of the steaming and stinking sewers of social media politics. On election day, social media was swamped with photos of Diane Abbott in two left shoes. It now looks as though it was photoshopped, but even if it wasn't, It was simply unpleasant. Diane Abbott is diabetic, and yes, diabetics sometimes deliberately wear two left shoes. Look, I'm I'm no Diane Abbott fan. A woman's a walking liability for the Labour Party. Throughout this campaign, they kept her locked away in a Labour Party broom cupboard somewhere. But this shoe nonsense was simply unpleasant personal bullying, wasn't it? Much worse, though, was the child on the hospital floor at Leeds General Infirmary. I'm sure you remember the photo, plastered across the mirror front pages. Within hours, a story had gone viral, claiming that this photo was a fake, a setup, claiming that the mother had taken her child off a hospital trolley and placed it on the floor to be photographed. But this counter-story was itself a fake. Quite simply, a manufactured lie designed to undo the damage of the original photo. Yes, at times during this campaign, you could smell the sewers. But as a professional, I had to love this campaign too. It was focused. It was professional. It knew how to win. Above all, it did understand the value of simplicity. Across the Atlantic... Donald Trump has made the same discovery. When you're campaigning, just keep it simple and focus on your core audience. Target your message. Deliver your message. Then 
repeat it, and repeat it, and repeat it again. Yes, if you spend your time watching and listening to news and current affairs programs, like people like me, probably you, you might have wanted to throw the cat at the television screen when you heard, get Brexit done for the thousandth time. <laughs> but you need a lot of cats. <sighs> but remember, most people are not watching and listening to these shows. They're, they're probably glued to Bake Off, but that pounding repetition of a single message eventually reached you wherever you were hiding. It worked. Simplicity also worked for the Tories on the digital front. At first glance, it might have looked like Labour were all over the Tories when it came to cyberspace. Jeremy Corbyn actually had twice as many Facebook followers as Boris Johnson. His posts were much more widely shared. His Instagram following jumped by 28% during the campaign. Boris Johnson's crawled up by just 9%. 24 of Labour's Facebook ads were seen a million times for the Tories. It was just four. But the Tories knew it wasn't all about crude numbers. They were segmenting, targeting, making sure their message arrived where it needed to go. And that's the real skill in cyberspace marketing. Now, Jeremy Corbyn is also getting a lot of the blame for losing this election but I tend to think that's probably not entirely fair. You know, he didn't perform badly, did he? He just started from a long way back. At the start of the campaign, his personal ratings, according to the soothsayers at Ipsos Murray, stood at a pretty horrendous minus 60. They actually improved to minus 44 during the campaign, whilst Boris Johnson saw his ratings slip from plus two to minus 20. Now, I think Jeremy Corbyn's main problem in this campaign was not how he performed. It was, I'm afraid, who he is. But he was also terribly hampered by Labour's position on Brexit, wasn't he? I mean, if it can be called a position at all, that is, it may all have seemed clear and reasonable in Jeremy Corbyn's brain, but for the British public, it seemed just a fudge. <laughs> That's a sugarless fudge, without any clear taste of anything, but probably with rather too many nuts. Uh, but it's Christmas, and for Boris Johnson, Santa arrived with a bulging sackful of gifts. No, the merry old chap with the white beard wasn't Jeremy Corbyn. On this occasion, Santa arrived clean-shaven and a little confused. Nigel Farage. Pounding the streets of the public houses, demanding his hard Brexit, the old campaigner looked like he might do real damage again. But then the sleigh skidded to a halt. The bells stopped ringing. Santa seemed to have lost his way. We'll keep going, he cried, except we won't. In every single one of the 317 seats which the Tories hold, we're pulling out of the battle. Happy Christmas, Boris. And in that moment, Nigel Farage really sealed victory for the Tories. 
if this was a whodunit, we now know the culprit. Okay, now let's throw the book away. This has been a special edition of Opinion Battlegrounds. Join us next time round when we'll be back to our usual format. Thank you for joining me today, and a very Merry Christmas to you all. Thanks for listening to Opinion Battlegrounds. Please subscribe to receive the latest episodes, and you can follow us on Twitter at Chelgate or email contact at chelgate.com. 